Hi, welcome to Habits at Hope. If you are new here, welcome. If you're returning, well, <laughs> sorry for the long, long pause. You know, it's not about excuses or anything else, but there were some personal things that were going on that just made it really difficult to fit this in. He also really put something on my heart, I'm still working on it, um, of another project that I feel is very, very important, and I felt very convicted that this is something else that was supposed to, something I was supposed to do as well. And sometimes there's just not enough hours in the day. That being said, um, I feel like I was supposed to end the series on water with the living water and and that piece of it, and I basically just didn't get around to it and had to put everything on pause. So I want to kind of wrap that up today, which I know is way later. And if you're new here, you might want to go back because I do feel like he gave me some really profound images and word and so forth on all of that. But then he gave me an idea for moving forward, at least for a little while. And I'm, you know, not going to even commit to how long. Um, I had plans to do almost like a book study and had some fantastic conversations about it. I kept holding out thinking that was going to be the next move. And sometimes when you're relying on someone else and you're waiting on their timing, it just, you know, kind of doesn't happen. And so rather than keep holding out on that, um, I just decided this is what I need to do for right now. So, um, I, again, apologize for all of that, but I was, you know, it was kind of put back on my heart of like, this is important. Um, and maybe it's just for me, you know, if you're listening, I feel like, you know, there's a reason that he led you here. So, um, welcome. And you can come on the journey with me. I can't say enough of what all God has done from the moment it didn't start with the podcast. It started with the seeking him first and realizing it in a whole new light of, and, and that all the other things we added to me, that all the things I try to do, whether it is being more organized or maybe being more fit and eating healthier and all those little things that I felt I would say it was all the way back in 2021, I think, maybe 2020. Um, I think the end of 2020. Um, and it started, it really started in 2021 of that. I had it wrong that it was like God in the midst of all that. And that realizing how much it all really, really started with God and the rest of it starts to align more and more. And the more I embrace that, the more I see it and understand it. Um, and it's been life changing and I can't say that enough. And so we're still on that journey. So that came first and then some other things. And then the podcast came out of all that. So, um, we last season, I guess we'll say. Um, sometimes I hate breaking it up into seasons, but sometimes it's better. So I guess we're in season three. Um, but, um, we really talked about, 
um, one being stuck sometimes um, sometimes there's a dam a blockage or something like that that keeps us from you know stuck in the mud and we become comfortable with that and um, and how we break free of that and what that looks like and sometimes we find ourselves in in treacherous water and sometimes we find ourselves in the middle of a storm and I felt like I was given quite a few different pieces of that and I have a testimony around some of those things so um, if you haven't caught that I would love for you to go back and listen but the most important thing is that it all leads to or hopefully you know when we're intentional about you know reaching out to God is the living water and so I'm just going to read you a few scriptures on that uh, John 4 14 but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again the water that I will give him will become in him a spring of life welling up to eternal life John 7 38 whoever believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water Revelation 21 6 and he said to me it is done I am the Alpha and Omega the beginning and the end to the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment Isaiah 44 3 for I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground I will pour my spirit upon your offering and my blessing to your descendants John 4 13 through 15 John Jesus said to her everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again the water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to him up to eternal life the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. And go on and on. There's quite a few scriptures on how he is the living water and that when we really put our faith in him, that that living water flows through us. And that's a very powerful image. And I think sometimes we take water, <laughs> clean drinking water, at least in America. Um, I know I do have some international listeners um, so you may very much grasp this better than we do. I think we really take it for granted. If you've ever been to another country, um, you know, I, I remember going to Mexico for the first time and just really, like I knew about the, the unclean water and, and so forth. But the fact that they have to, you know, have whole periods of time of day where they have the water shut off and they have to storage systems and, and so forth like that really blew my mind and I realized you know how much we took water for granted but at this time when the Bible was written down that was a very clear concept and water was a huge deal obviously we know water is life um, and I think there's a big reason why one God created us that way and two that he uses that analogy or metaphor um, because you know <laughs> you can live a lot longer than we think we can without food but you cannot live very long at all without water and you know the, the most frustrating thing I think that you could ever have to be faced with is being like say on like a raft in the middle of the ocean stranded somewhere where you're surrounded by a lot of water that you can't even drink <laughs> and I think sometimes we find ourselves in life like that that we feel like we're kind of surrounded but none of that's helping us and um, 
And so he meant us for us to live with that living water that only he can provide. That everything else is going to leave us wanting. Everything else is going to leave us thirsty. And he assures us, you know, come to me and I've got something better for you. This was the plan and this is what the intention was. So I haven't quite figured what this is quite going to look like. So I know I've talked about it a few times. Um, I've been reading through my Bible um, in different forms or fashion, but basically every morning for quite some time. And right now, what I am doing is finishing last year's um, ended up sort of slower than I thought, even though I was reading it regularly. I don't, I don't know. I guess I just don't really worry about time frame. Sometimes I read um, three, four, five chapters. Sometimes I read one, um, but I generally was reading one from the New Testament, one from the Old Testament, and it was very cool. And I kind of don't want to give it up right now because um, I tend to see different things, um, but like, or it'll it'll weirdly correlate, and I feel like the messages I get are really profound um, by doing that right now. Um, but then I had planned to start this new year with the Bible recap. Um, and I've got like the, the study plan that I've had for a little while, like you answer like questions on it. And then there's a, on the U version, there's the, um, that as well with videos that go along with it to explain what you're reading. And, um, so my life group ended up deciding to do that. I'm like, well, okay, I guess I'll start with you guys. Um, cause I was actually already planning on doing that. So, but I'm like, but I don't really want to give up where I was already. So I guess I'm just reading a lot, <laughs> but then it came to my mind of, um, take one of the chapters so that you have the ability, you know, I grew up so much with it, and I'm not saying I grew up always reading the Bible, so like this is not condemnation or judgment. There's so many people who go through life, and I would like pick up a devotional book here and there, but getting into the Word was sometimes very uncomfortable to me, and I think a lot of it definitely changed in my 20s when someone introduced me to a life application Bible, um, and there was explanations and history and so forth um, in that, and so that helped but um, it definitely became over time because you feel very, everybody, it's very normal to feel inadequate, lost, confused. It takes time, but the more we, you know, go and seek, seek it, we seek the wisdom, we, we like, I don't know what I'm reading, but I'm trying. He, I really, really have feel it. I really, really see it. I really have experienced it. He meets you where you're at. And, um, and suddenly you start to understand things. <laughs> and, um, I don't want to take that for granted. Like we might take the water for granted, um, here, like I talked about. So, um, I felt convicted that I was going to read, um, the part I'm reading in the New Testament, which was what I was still doing last year, um, I'm now in James, and that I'm just going to give you something that you can experience that even if you're driving your car and you're not there or you want to read along or whatever, I'm just going to kind of have my study time in that section, not like some of the other I'm doing by myself because I still feel like that's important. Still doing the Bible recap kind of well with the group, but by myself, sort of, and reading, uh, I'm down and uh, what am I in? Kings, first Kings. Um, 
So, um, yeah, I'm all over the map a little bit, but we're going to do this part together. So since like, and I had this idea and then like, lo and behold, there I am at the start of James and I'm like, well, we're going to do James together. And I thought that maybe this, I hope and pray that I will um, be able to help you feel more comfortable with it. Or maybe if your life is just jam-packed, that this is something that, you know, will fill a need that you can't find the time for because you can do this in your car. And, um, you know, feel free to shout out um, habitsandhope at gmail.com if you have like, questions or I'm so confused or whatever. And I can never promise. <laughs> never can promise that I have all the answers, but I do strongly feel that God gives me um, wisdom when I need it most. And so, yeah, I pray right now that this will be a blessing, um, an encouragement, not any kind of discouragement or anything like that. And that, um, I don't know how this will look if, if I can do a recording every single day. Um, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that and edit it. So it's just going to be whatever it is. But I mean, I'm, I'm really reading it pretty much every day. So if some, there's a break, you know, I apologize. But um, I can, if I have a, have a break where I can't record it, then I will just wait on that part. James, read the other part of the Bible that I read every morning. Okay, I don't want to like derail too much. And I'll try to keep this somewhat short so that hopefully you can fit it in most commute. And this one might be a little bit longer because I'm going to introduce James to you. And this again, I'm just going off of kind of what it says in the beginning of each part in the um, Life Application Bible. It gives you some information and that information is very helpful. Um, so I'm really just coming from that. So um to understand, like, for one, like, example. So, the purpose is to expose hypocritical practices and to teach right Christian behavior. That was the intention behind the book. Um, again, this is by the Word of Life Application Bible. Um, it was written by James, Jesus' brother and a leader in the Jerusalem church. The audience, originally, was for first century, um, basically the very beginning <laughs> Jewish Christians that were residing in Gentile communities outside of pa Palestine. And so basically these were Jewish Christians, which um, is a very new concept at this point because these are there was no Christian, <laughs> and even that wasn't really a term used, but these are like people who have been brought up Jewish. They are living in a non-Jewish community. It's kind of a big deal. Um, so they're kind of away from home and away from customs and probably surrounded by a lot of sin. And then they're being introduced to this new, um, really, I think for the most part, everybody's calling it the way at this point and not Christianity is not a word being used. It was probably written around 49 AD. So 49 after Christ was born, um, prior to the Jerusalem council or that then was held, um, at 50 AD. Um, the letter expresses James' concern for persecuted Christians who were once part of Jerusalem church. And um, it says, key verse, now some may argue some good people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. And that's um, 2.18. Again, those are key verses it's taking. Um, and so... I'm just going to read through the introduction here and then I'll read the first chapter and I'll give you my insights and what I feel like God is speaking and I am not prepared at all. So we're just diving in just like I would first and foremost. 
um, with or without you, this is how, what I would do. Before I get started, I just want to say, man, I, I read oh, the whole thing, lost it because our internet is having trouble. I've had to remove my mic today. Like, it's been kind of crazy. So, <laughs> the enemy is really against whatever we're doing. So, I'm going to say we're doing something good. But I'll also pray that God gets us through this and, I, and, and shows us what we're supposed to do. Um, I read it the whole way through and then I started to make commentary really quick. But I think I'm going to back up and just re-go through it. Um, uh, you know, bit by bit, and then kind of give a little bit of quick two cents, um, something like that. I don't know. We're gonna work our way through this because, like I said, this isn't really planned other than to not have a plan intentionally so that you can kind of experience it the way I deal with it. So, um, I'm just gonna do it like what I would exactly do and, um, pray that our internet and everything else, um, supports this. This is the letter from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am writing the 12 tribes, to the 12 tribes, excuse me, Jewish believers scattered abroad. Greetings. That's just the very first uh, verse of it. And so, you know, he is just writing the 12 tribes of Israel. Um, he is writing to fellow Jew Jewish believers. Um, and he's just, you know, greeting them. And it's a warm greeting. Um, and letting him know who who he really is um and i think for your own brother as jesus's brother to be able to say i'm a slave of god and the lord jesus christ you have to really believe <laughs> in your sibling <laughs> uh to be able to say those things so let it be known that james has witnessed something seriously tremendous to be able to as his brother to say yeah i am his slave so um, I mean, a little bit of lightheartedness, but, um, into verse two, dear brothers and sisters, when trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. And when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. I'm going to pause there and so go back to, so for one, it doesn't say that, um, if you have trouble, he clearly says when we have trouble, he knows we live in a broken world and it is unrealistic to think that even in believing in God in this world, that we are going to have everything smooth running. And recently in working through Job, which is a very tough book, and I would not recommend starting there if you have not really read the Bible, but that's where we're at in the Bible recap. Because very quickly, if you do it chronologically, which is what it is, you land in Job. So, but, but what he clearly gave me from, the, from that, which I feel like applies to this, is that we have eternity written on our hearts. We have his God's justice written on our hearts. He 
created us in his image. So we have a desire for those things. The difference is, is we live in a broken world and we won't see that until we reach heaven. The world is never going to give us everything he intended for us or everything we need. So we have to understand that while he has that intention for us and he wants us to want that, we're not going to find that kind of world here where everything is exactly just and exactly quote unquote fair. Um, bad things do happen to good people. And then, it, you know, it says that our endurance becomes fully developed. And like, I struggle a little bit with the, you will be perfect and complete. So the one thing I would do is just kind of come down here. Cause I'm like, well, only God is perfect. And, you know, again, sometimes um, you have to kind of deep dive into what those words really mean. But I think the thing is, is we're never going to be perfect and complete because our endurance will never be perfectly developed here on earth. We, we get stronger, we get closer, we get better, but it's like that, um, if you remember back in math class, if you took some of the harder levels of math, you know, and you have that, um, that curve, that curve gets closer and closer to zero, but just doesn't ever quite reach it and ever. <laughs> and, um, I think as far as on earth, that's where we're at. It doesn't, I looked really quickly, um, just kind of skimming through just to see if it has any more input in the notes down in the life application Bible. And I don't really feel like it does. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think that we should not be striving for perfection and completeness, that we should be striving for the endurance, if that makes any sense. And, um, and just understanding that we get closer and closer to who God intends us to be, but we will never be all of that, especially on our own. We'll never be all of that here on earth. Really. I think we, we will get as close as we possibly can, but we're always going to have times where we mess up or we're impatient or something like that. And then it goes into, if you need wisdom to ask our generous God and he will give it to you, he won't rebuke you for asking. It, this does not say he will always give it to you, um, but he won't tell you you're wrong for asking. He's not going to say, what do you, you know, what do you think you're doing? Why are you asking me for wisdom? He's not going to fussy you. He's not going to complain to you. Um, and so, you know, you can ask him, but it makes sure that when you approach him, that you're truly ready and willing to trust him and not all the other voices. So if you get it, you know, a complete word from him that you're not going, but, but, <laughs> you know, the people I know say this, or the scholars say this, or the science say that, and to, to truly, um, have undivided loyalty because, um, you know, that wave that really is unruly is what it compares people to who have that divided loyalty and, um, you know, they're unstable in everything they do. Okay. So that's what we got from that. Hopefully you got something. Um, I'll keep reading. So verse nine, believers who are poor have something to boast about for God has honored them. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will fade away like a little flower in the field. The hot sun rises and the grass withers. The little flower droops and falls and its beauty fades away. And in the same way, the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. I mean, I think this is basically a reminder not to put all our faith in, in wealth and so forth. And that, you know, going back, I kind of skipped over that one, I guess, but to, um, find joy in troubles, find joy in poverty even, um, because 
you know, it says in a different area of the Bible that it's harder for a rich man or easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter heaven just because wealth can posture us in a way that we can't receive the blessings that God really intends for us because we rely on ourself. And a self-reliance and humbling spirit is actually something that is more lasting than the wealth. And that's what God gave me. <laughs> um, verse 12. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. After the word, they will receive. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong. And he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Don't So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God, our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. So, basically, this is giving you something you can weigh scripture, you can weigh, um, like, I'm not sure if this is from God. This is where it kind of starts, that he's not going to tempt you to sin. So, if it's something that leads you into sin, that's not coming from him. The temptation comes from ourself, from our own desires, and so... Um, we have to recognize where, if something's leading us that direction, it's not coming from God. It tells us that what is good and perfect, what is, and by that we mean like holy, what is righteous, what, you know, um, is upright. That's what he's going to send to us, basically. He doesn't change. He doesn't have, he's not a shifting shadow that changes when the sun moves. Um, and, you know, he created everything and we are his prized possession and he intends for us to be holy and as much like him as well um so um i'm gonna move forward <laughs> i'm glancing down uh, i feel like he's given me a lot to say about this and so i feel like i'm in the right area that i can really speak a lot to this scripture um so i'm not relying a lot on it but i am glancing down from time to time because there's a lot of notes in the life application bible um that when you're like wait, what? <laughs> what did that mean? It's there. So, um, I'll, I will glance through it one more time and make sure I didn't miss any really good key points that I might would have gathered anyhow. But, um, so verse 19, and we're picking up. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteous does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your life and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, then you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. 
So this is definitely talking about like the hypocritical thing. And I will make a note that for one, the, the speech is mentioned twice. And, um, you know, there's another scripture that says the power of life and death is in the tongue. So it's reminding us, you know, over and over again, being slow to speak, being quick to listen, stop talking so much and listen. And that it also says to control your tongue. And if you don't, then you're basically fooling yourself. And we get ourselves into a heap of trouble <laughs> with our mouth. And so um, I think that's why in the beginning and the end of this, he, he approaches that, that we should be more ready to listen than to talk. Um, we, we don't generally stay in a humble state when we're talking. We do so when we're listening. And this is, I talk to myself. <laughs> I have to remind myself, you know, I like to talk, but I need to listen. And, um, and that human anger is not like anger is not going to produce anything good. And so it's a matter of checking yourself. And, um, the one thing here that I think that, um, it's easy to get in a mindset and, and this could be a way it was worded, but when he says rid yourself of all the filth and evil in your life and humbly accept the word, that is not a self-reliance. Like this is not you go clean yourself up. And this is where I think a lot of people really kind of get, um, confused because they become again, self-reliant. Um, and this is not saying that anything in the scripture is wrong. Um, it's just that, um, again, sometimes the way things are translated so that we readily understand it, um, maybe isn't like misunderstand some of the intention behind that. So like we need to be intentional about cleaning ourselves up, but that is not a self-reliance. Um, that is a recognition that we need God <laughs> to clean ourselves up. To think that we can do it on our own is, is not even realistic and it does run us to humbly accept the word of God and 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 it says that he's planted in your heart but he, he it's hard to plant something <laughs> if you don't open the seed packet and ready the the um, field and so like kind of like what we're doing is we're coming into the word and letting him letting him plant it in, our, in our heart and you may receive bits of pieces of this differently and that's totally fine I'm just giving you what I'm getting from this what I know of it and so forth um, and, and things that I've learned over a lot of time um, so um, but it, you know, he gave us, um, free will. He gave us, um, salvation and it's all dependent on him. And, um, if we go to him, that's where we get released and freedom from that control of sin because our natural desire as humans is to, um, take care of our needs by our way and that sort of stuff. Um, but then it's just saying like, don't just listen to it, start putting it into practice um, otherwise, you know, like, I mean, it's one thing to say, you know, I can't, I can't change myself. I agree. But it's another thing to read the word and not try to apply any of it to your life, if that makes sense. And it just reminds us that his perfect law actually is to set us free. It is not to bind us. So doing what it says gets us closer to freedom, not closer to, um, this, someone's trying to just control me. It's a better life that he has planned. And it's opposite of what our, like the, the world tells us. But when you experience it, you'll start to understand and you'll start to see it. Um, but, you know, and it even reminds us of things like caring for people around us, 
and not letting the world corrupt us, being different, being set apart is part of that role that we take. Uh, that's a whole lot. Um, but that's the gist of it. And again, I've, I I kind of skimmed through. I just, I felt like in this case, I think God was giving me what he wants from us for the most part. Um, but if you have something you want to go back and visit on that James 1, that's all we've read today was James 1. <clears throat> There's so much to unpack there. You could read it again and again. But either way, even if you don't, you know, this is not conviction, condemnation, don't feel like you have to go back and read it yourself, but there might be a lot to gain from it if you do, and and just keep praying that God shows you what you need to see, and I will tell you that there have been many times that I have read, just like the seek first is kingdom of God, I grew up memorizing that scripture when I was young, and it never meant what it means to me now until I, until 40 years later, basically. Um, so it took a long time to, to see it the way I feel like God intended to see it. I'm not saying I get it right every time, but the years of, of him working in me and showing me things has led me to where I feel like I have at least some wisdom to impart on you, but you may read it completely differently. And I pray that God shows you what you need to gain from that. But I hope in either way that this, um, that you kind of started to get that feeling and that sense of that living water, like uh, it's raining outside. And, and while it kind of be dreary sometimes or not the most pleasant in making those changes or going through a storm and so forth, but think about what comes after the rain. And think about like that after that springtime rain where like the, you know, the grass is becoming alive and green and the flowers are starting to bloom and it needs that time of everything's cleaner, everything's fresher and, um, the world is renewed. And I think that could be the picture for you. So hopefully I'll quote unquote, see you again tomorrow. Um, and we can read through James 2 and I'll get to it a little bit faster and try to keep it short, but have a very blessed day.